0: Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked
2: On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, your team. Every, day, every, day, every, day, every day.
0: We welcome you aboard. It is episode number 240 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. I'm your host, Chris Russell. Hope you have a great upcoming weekend, depending on when you are listening to episode number 240 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Either way, uh, have a great one. Hope you had a good one. Uh, Just kind of, again, depends on what time you choose to listen and download. Either way, we appreciate it uh, very much. And as always, want to tell you, make sure you're following at Locked Redskins on Twitter, at Locked Redskins, not Locked on Redskins at Locked Redskins on Twitter uh, for all sorts of Redskins stories, coverage, news, information, tweets and all that good stuff at Locked Redskins. And as well at Locked on NFL net at Locked on NFL net on both Twitter and Instagram for full NFL team coverage from all of our local podcast hosts and experts Uh, just want to start off this episode of the locked on Redskins podcast telling you about a small little transaction that the Redskins made they waived offensive tackle Jalen Ware J Y L A N W A R E Ware is the last name Jalen Ware uh and here's the thing that I would say at this time uh, the Redskins are constantly much like every other NFL team constantly shuttling in Uh, guys for their 90-man roster that they're just hopeful that they can catch a little lightning in a bottle and see something out of. Clearly they saw something on tape, and they got a report uh, from one of their scouts about a a player. They had a file. He was next up on the list. Uh, Teams do this all the time, in, out, in, out. I mean, the Redskins signed a couple of tackles last week, and they cut them within three or four days. Uh, Again, this type of thing happens Uh, All across the league where, uh, you know, players come in, they report, they get a a look-see from the coaches. Um, In this particular case, of Bill Callahan, maybe Jay Gruden was out there. Uh, They get an on-site evaluation after the tape evaluation. They see where they're at, uh, and then they decide to move on. Maybe they give them a practice, maybe they give them two practices, three practices, whatever the situation might be. Uh, just because you're signed to the team, of course, doesn't mean you're going to be here any length of time. Again, they rotate and shuttle in guys all the time, even with a 90-man roster. So we should keep that uh, in mind, but just want to pass that along to you um, before we get really started here. All right, so let's do this. A couple of things. Um, There was... Some of the news from earlier this week came actually from another podcast, and it's my pal John Kime of ESPN. And he caught up with Louis Riddick uh, of ESPN. And, you know, it's one of those exclusive-type deals uh, that ESPN has. Um, and, and you know, John and Louis have a pre-existing relationship Uh, Lewis Riddick was here in Washington. Kime was covering the team, so they knew each other uh, from back then. Uh, Riddick then went on to the Philadelphia Eagles and has since obviously kind of evolved in the TV and media industry. Uh, And he made certainly some waves, did Lewis Riddick, for a couple of things. One, uh, basically saying that, you know, look, Dwayne Haskins, as we've talked about on this podcast, is an extreme arm talent Lewis Riddick thought he was clearly the best quarterback in the draft. He was very effusive in his praise. Not at all worried about the lack of mobility. As a matter of fact, said what I said a couple of times, which is I think he's a little bit more nimble and mobile around the pocket area than he's probably given credit for. Is he going to run around like Kyler Murray and – uh, RG three back when he was held No, of course not. Is he going to be Michael Vick? No, but you don't want that. That's the last thing you want. You want a quarterback that can actually throw the football with timing and rhythm and accuracy and sense of purpose with strong, strong conviction and a strong arm. Uh, and again, can combine the accuracy with the arm strength. See, that's been a problem for the Redskins, quite honestly, even at times with Kirk cousins who didn't have the strongest arm is Sometimes you'd you'd get it where, you know, Kirk was dead on, and then there'd be times and plenty of times where ball was behind the receiver or it was a difficult adjustment or a difficult catch. Now, sometimes that's going to happen. That's going to happen to Dwayne Haskins. But to me, like last year, everybody kept talking about Alex Smith not going deep and Alex Smith, no you know we said this several times when we started doing the podcast last October from Nick Ashew Alex Smith had plenty of opportunities to dial up big plays and miss them quite honestly miss them almost all the time miss them um so it is a a combination of strong arm and accuracy. And that's what I love about Dwayne Haskins. And I don't know if he's going to be great. I don't know if he's going to be successful. I mean, opinions seem to vary all over the place on the kid. Lack of experience, lack of mobility. Uh, they think he's going to struggle uh, to the West Coast offense and a pro-style offense and under center. We told you last week, I saw him on one five-step drop out of center, looked very fluid and comfortable. That's, again, one rep. I wasn't able to see the practice on Wednesday at Redskins Park. Uh, I was told that it was a shaky performance and a little bit of an up-and-down performance, and we certainly mentioned the 101-yard pick-six return from Jimmy Moreland. But the bottom line is, is Lewis Riddick, loves Dwayne Haskins you know that's good enough for me in some ways uh of course again it doesn't matter who you love and 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 who backs you up and who says what ultimately he's got to go out and prove it But I know this, again, I thought and said it several times before the draft that Dwayne Haskins was the best quarterback in the draft. So when you hear a guy like Lewis Riddick say that about him before having any affiliation to any team, that's an important thing to recognize and to realize. So to me, uh, that means something. Now, in addition to that, Lewis Riddick also drew some... I guess criticism, praise, or raise some eyebrows, whatever you want to call it, in this podcast with John Keim about how he feels that Dan Snyder has changed. And Lewis Riddick was pointing out that they had a conversation on the Monday night football game um, on the sideline before the game against the Philadelphia Eagles early last December that Riddick was in town for to broadcast. uh, Well, to be a part of the pregame broadcast. And he said, I I don't know how long the conversation was, a couple of minutes, whatever it was. He came away feeling like, you know what, this is a different Dan Snyder. This is a more mature Dan Snyder, a more patient Dan Snyder, a more I'm going to let football people make football decisions, Dan Snyder. And I have no problem with that because I've been saying that all along. Dan Snyder is no longer the monster that everybody thinks he is. He's changed. Time has changed him. Losing has changed him. And to some degree, when you lose and you get your browbeaten and you get humi- and you get called a satan and a devil and all the things that have been said about Dan Snyder, no matter how rich you are, no matter how much money you are, it has an impact. It has to. It has an effect. There's no doubt. Who are we kidding here? The problem is is that When Lewis Riddick says that to John Keim in his podcast, while that's believable, we also have to look back at what happened in the draft, right? And that is reportedly, and I've been told this, and I, Diana Rossini reported this from ESPN, and I know Grant Paulson reported this uh, from 106.7 and the Athletic, and you know we've all been told similar. Assuming that we're not all being set up. That Dan Snyder was in charge of that first round pick, the number 15 overall pick. And he said, come hell or high water, while we're not trading up, and even though that was a temptation, while we're not trading up, if Dwayne Haskins is there, we are taking the quarterback that we think is the quarterback of the future, and the quarterback that's going to help our business, and the quarterback that's you know, the best in the draft in their eyes at that point. Now, they didn't have a decision between Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones. They had Dwayne Haskins. The only thing they could have done was taken Montez Sweat at that point or another player and or traded down, that type of thing. And it's not like they were choosing Dwayne Haskins over another quarterback that was e- on equal footing. Uh, Drew Locke wasn't. Uh, he, he, I mean, I don't think he was as uh, low as he ultimately wound up going, but I don't think he was worthy of the number 15 overall pick. We never really thought that was going to be a legitimate thing. But quarterbacks get overdrafted and drafted high all the time, regardless of actual talent and ability. Now, some people think Dwayne Haskins got overdrafted, and that's fine. Nobody's saying he's a perfect um, product at this point. Hopefully, he will get better. Hopefully, he will make subtle improvements in his game the more experience he gets. But Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen, reportedly, if you believe... What we've all been told took over that draft, and they said, No, we're taking Dwayne Haskins. So, does that mean that Lewis Riddick is wrong? No, it doesn't mean that. It means the Lewis Riddick that, or the perception that Lewis Riddick had of Dan Snyder from his time inside the building here, probably has changed a little bit. That's what it means. It doesn't mean that Dan Snyder's perfect. It doesn't mean that Dan Snyder doesn't get involved in major decisions in the football organization. It doesn't mean any of that. It means his perception of Dan Snyder and the public perception of Dan Snyder has changed. Now, I'd be careful to base anything off of a couple-of-minute conversation, right? Five minutes, ten minutes, whatever it might be. People can act differently and charm the pants off of anybody. So let's pump the brake on... or or pump the brakes on Dan Snyder being a completely different dude. He's not, but you get my point. All right, so I wanted to bring those two things up. Also, Chris Sims, a pro football talk uh, in the mornings with Mike Florio on NBC Sports Network, uh, compared Dwayne Haskins to Ben Roethlisberger earlier this week. I thought that was an interesting comparison, especially being that Ben, when he was younger, had quite the bit of mobility for a bigger dude. Whereas Haskins, that's the knock against him. Now, I would also say this. Ben Roethlisberger, when he was scrambling around, he would often get hurt and miss a chunk of the season. Again, people continue to forget the more mobile you are, yes, you can get away from a pass rush, and yes, you can extend a play, but you also are more and more and more a target for various injuries. Just going to point that out. All right. When we come back here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, Dan Snyder at 20 will take a look at part one of the Jay Gruden era, and then we'll hear from Jay Gruden next on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you with us right here on episode number 240. I'm your host, Chris Russell. Don't forget to check out the new Himalaya podcasting app. It's free. It's easy to download. It has every single podcast you love or you're searching for personally curated playlists made just for you by expert podcast tastemakers. Think about that. Themed collections of shows to help with podcast discovery and delivery. You can find everything from comedy to mystery, thrillers, and sports, and of course, the Locked on Redskins podcast. Back in a flash.
2: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: All right, it is Chris Russell with you right here on the Locked On Redskins Podcast, episode number 240. Thanks for being with us. Uh, Today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, and get rewarded. And, of course, don't forget to check out the Himalaya Podcasting app. As we told you about uh, just a couple of moments ago, uh, they have episodic shareable playlists. Listeners can build a podcast playlist by the episode, customize it just like a playlist for songs, and share it through social texts and email find and download the Himalaya podcasting app on your app store or Google play store. Don't forget to follow locked on Redskins. Once you're there. All right, let's quickly go through a couple of years of Dan Snyder at 20 and the Jay Gruden era. So they hire Jay Gruden in 2014 after firing Mike Shanahan about a week and a half difference uh, in between. It would have been interesting if Gruden and the Cincinnati Bengals had actually advanced in the playoffs Uh, who and what they would have hired because there was uh, Ken Wisenhunt was rumored to be a candidate. They had interviewed uh, six, seven, eight different uh, candidates. I remember sitting down with Bruce Allen in his office for over an hour uh, in between this search, quite honestly. And, you know, the reputation of the organization was so bad, he was mystified as to why it was so bad. You know, I gave him a bunch of advice and I gave him what I thought and he didn't like a lot of it. And, you know, that was... uh, we went on our merry way. Uh, he didn't appreciate some of the things I had to say, and that's fine. Um, you know, I, I don't appreciate some of the things he says, and I don't think he knows what he's doing either. So uh, the bottom line is, is they ultimately hired Jay Gruden about a week after that conversation, maybe a little less uh, than a week. And the first year, 2014, was a complete disaster. Uh, he, he inherited Robert Griffin III because he told them, "Hey, look, I think I can fix this guy. I think I can work with him." But he already had Kirk Cousins, and he brought in Colt McCoy because he liked Colt McCoy, uh, and he liked that uh, fit into the system. So the Redskins had three now young veteran quarterbacks, but none of which had real extensive starting experience. Uh, the Redskins also brought in Deshaun Jackson. That happened to actually work out for the Redskins by and large. It wasn't a slam dunk like he was a stud forever, you know, and 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 put up. You know, 1,800 yards every year, but Deshaun Jackson overall was a free agent signing that surprisingly worked out, and I think Deshaun actually matured while he was here. Uh, the Redskins also drafted guys like Morgan Moses and uh, did bring in other free agents that didn't work out like Jason Hatcher. This was the final year of Jim Hazlitt as defensive coordinator. This was the first year with Sean McVay. The record was 4-12. and The big picture takeaway that I took from 2014 which was my last full year on the beat was Jay Gruden was woefully unprepared he was woefully unprepared to handle the media requirements uh and how to talk on the record off the record um you know i just remember many many press conferences in which he threw uh, players under the bus which of course we appreciated for his honesty and his candor, uh, but fans and critics did not appreciate, especially when it came to Robert Griffin III. Uh, he was right, but they thought Jay Gruden stupidly was racist, which was ridiculous uh, because he would criticize everybody. Uh, Jay needed to learn how to have polish and how to deal with certain things. And quite honestly, I blame a lot of that for Bruce, on Bruce, because Bruce Allen just hired him took over the football operations now that he had finally gotten rid of Mike Shanahan and said, you figure it out on your own, and didn't put a support structure in place or a level of expectation or, hey, here's how we go about it. He just let Jay be Jay until they had to clean it up, until it was becoming such a problem. And I remember late in the year, uh, and I reported this, I was told by more than one person that Dan Snyder actually called Jay Gruden's agent at one point, said your client's not earning the money, and if he doesn't stop and if he doesn't fix it, he's not going to have a job. So Jay Gruden could have, could have, uh, almost been fired after year one, four and twelve, uh, and uh, somehow survived. And obviously, the season was a disaster, and the Redskins went a two-year period uh, of basically winning seven football games, but ultimately they further evaluated and. Determined that Robert Griffin III was not the right quarterback for them. Uh, even though he was on the roster to start 2015, and even though he was the anointed starter, he was never Jay Gruden's choice, I can tell you that much. And he got injured, and he got injured early on um, in the 2014 season, uh, and he was kind of forced back into the fold. Uh, and by 2015, um, you know, Griffin was hurt and, 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 You know, really wasn't a factor at all, quite honestly. And Kirk Cousins uh, was the starting quarterback. Midway through training camp and midway through the preseason, and the Redskins never, I don't want to say never looked back because they only started one and one uh, and then two and two ultimately. But Kirk Cousins moved the football, he reduced the turnovers. The offense looked like it was humming a little bit. Sure, it was a little inconsistent. Sure, there were some moments, some frustrating moments, an overtime playoff, uh, an overtime loss uh, in Atlanta, so on and so forth. Uh, but They actually moved the ball and they scored points. And then they got into a big-time rhythm late in the year and they exploded on offense, quite honestly. They beat uh, teams like the Buffalo Bills handily and and other teams, uh, Philadelphia Eagles, to win the NFC East Division title in Week 16 on a Saturday night, the night after Christmas. Uh, And that was an impressive display. Of course, this was the first year under Scott McLuhan uh, as the team general manager, so certainly that Helped, but then ultimately things were unraveling there behind the scenes, Uh and this, again, was Jay Gruden's second year uh, as the head coach of the Washington Redskins, so he was much more used to how the politics were at play here uh, at Uh in Washington and with the Redskins organization and kind of, uh, you know, in a lot of ways said a lot less controversial things, uh and the Redskins started protecting him more and kind of, I don't want to say censoring, but Protecting him more would be uh, kind of the best way to go about it. The team also drafted guys like Brandon Sheriff and Preston Smith and Jamison Crowder. uh, And again, they won the NFC East Division title in Week 16 before losing a home playoff game that they had another sizable lead in in the first quarter and a half to the Green Bay Packers. And then ultimately, it kind of unraveled. Uh, from there. We'll leave it there. We'll finish up 2016 through 2019 in the next episode, episode number 241. I want to take a quick time out and tell you guys uh, that this episode is also brought to you by Grip Six. Ultra lightweight with no holes, no flap, and it's a great Father's Day gift. Go to Grip Six and Grip6.com has a special offer for you. Go check it out. Gripsix.com slash L O C K E. That's grip6.com slash L-O-C-K-E for you to check out. And, again, don't forget, download the Locked on Redskins podcast on the Himalaya podcasting app, free and easy to use. And you can also listen to this podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, iTunes, and more. All right, back in a flash with Jay Gruden from the podium at Redskins OTAs on the Locked on Redskins podcast.
2: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: All right, we're back right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast and right out to Redskins Park. Jay Gruden meeting with the media after Wednesday's OTA practice session. Here's a portion of what he had to say to reporters. Uh, as the Redskins wind down the off-season program.
3: The defense is pretty good right now. They're at full strength. Offensively, we're not quite at full strength. You know, the offensive line we're going through, we just added two new tackles a day, so it's been a struggle. You know, Phil, Coach Rusher and Coach Callahan trying to get these guys up to speed, but when you're blocking, Kerrigan is sweating. Some of these guys trying to get them off the edge, it's going to be a little bit cloudy in the team periods seven on seven uh those drills i think we're getting a good feel for the route concepts and they're making good throws when we get to the team period it's kind of been a little tough defense has been doing very well but um i think they're just progressing nicely both of them all three of them really josh is doing some good things too so just got to keep at them uh keep throwing things at them coach Minuski, um coach horton these guys are doing a good job defensively giving us different looks challenging them and uh
0: they're making plays uh, Jay, like you said, there are a lot of key pieces that are still missing on offense, but we saw um, Martin was um, getting first-team reps at left guard. It looked like Eric Flowers was next to him at tackle in, in Trent spot. Do you envision Martin, is he now in the lead for that job? How do you, how do you like how he's... Um, no,
3: right so now, Flowers playing tackle just because we don't have any right now. We have... Some, obviously, that just got here, but, you know, Timon's been here a little bit. He's coming back from an injury. He's been playing some tackle. Uh, right now, we're just putting him out there. Um, he still will be our swing tackle, but we envision moving him back once we get Morgan back and Trent back and uh, obviously drawing Christian back, uh, but right now we're very late. So it's good for him to keep his mind fresh with tackle, but uh, we will get him plenty of reps at guard as well.
2: Jay, what would you say about Jordan Brailford? He was getting after it on the defensive line, getting around the edge pretty well today. And I think West Martin gave Bill Callahan a rare smile today doing something on the line. What would you say about the two rookies so far at this point?
3: Brailford, Brailford and Sweat?
2: Brailford
3: and Wes Martin. Oh, Wes Martin. Yeah, uh, both feeling their way. I think uh, Brailford has shown uh, excellent athletic ability, quickness off the edge. He plays with good length. Um, but, again, you know, uh, you know we're, we're shuffling tackles in and out of here, uh, so we expect them to have some success. But I've been impressed with Jordan, his athletic ability, his uh, mental uh, ability to pick the defense up, um, doing a good job. And then Wes, you know, same thing. I mean, we're – Trying to teach him the fundamentals. Uh, it's in early stages, but for offensive linemen, you know, it's not easy. You know, we're doing inside zone, outside zone, mid zone, some uh, double teams, pass blocking, pass protections. Uh, we're throwing a lot at him, but I think uh, mentally he's a very, very bright guy, and I th- just think he has to uh, continue to work on his fundamentals. He'll be fine.
2: I like where he's at. Jay Lennon Collins wasn't out there when we were here last week. Did he start practicing this week, or did you start working him in last week? This what week. have you seen from him? And um, I think that was it.
3: Yeah, this week, we're still very cautious with his shoulder, coming back from his shoulder. Uh, but he feels good, and we're trying to get him in some seven-off-seven drills. I want to get him lined up when we have a walkthrough so we can communicate the defense, get lined up. And then uh, and then at his own discretion, at the trainer's discretion, he'll do some team periods every now and then, just making sure he, he's careful and uh, he understands his importance to this football team. So, uh, but I, I, you know... It's, it's fun to look at him over there instead of playing against him with the Giants all the time. He's a, he's a good guy to have out there. He's a communicator, and uh, it's hard to tell what his presence has felt in shorts. But uh, when your pads are on, that's when you feel Landon. What does... Uh... He started this week. He started yesterday a little bit. What does Rogers Cromartie add? To you? He's a veteran guy that can run. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's played with Landon before, and... and uh, you know, he's a smart guy. He communicates. He can play man-to-man. He can play off. Um, you know, just another security blanket to have out there that gives you some leadership and some depth. Um, when you have a guy that's six foot two that can run like he can with the experience that he has, the, the plays that he's made in big games uh, in his career, I mean, what the heck, man. It, it, it's a great ad for us. He obviously retired when he was with your brother last year. What kind of scouting report did you get from him, and what concerns did you have about the fact that he had retired mid well, you have concerns that uh, maybe football wasn't uh, very important to him. But when we had a chance to meet with him in offseason, he uh, was passionate about his return and wanted to play. And that's all we had to hear. You know, I, I don't imagine, I can imagine why he'd want to quit from the Raiders. You know, I, I mean, right? So, <laughs> uh, John will do that to people. So, no, I'm just kidding. I mean, that's not a headline. Uh yeah, But no, I think, you know, sometimes as a veteran guy, if you're not getting the reps, the work that you think you should get, sometimes you think you've had enough, you know, and then you sit out for some time and you're like, wait, I still can play. I still can help a football team and that football team shows interest. And then uh, we can maybe get them back to speed and and, uh, want them getting them ready to play.
0: All right, once again, that's a portion of Jay Gruden meeting with reporters at Redskins Park. That's going to do it for us here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 240. Thanks for being with us right here. As always, we will have more content and more analysis. Uh, We'll continue our series on episode number 241 of Dan Snyder, 20 years of ownership. Uh, And certainly we will have more sound. We'll hear from Greg Minuski as well on episode number 241 one have a great weekend thanks for being with us right here on the locked on redskins podcast adios
2: if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast join the draft dudes kyle Krabs and joe marino as they go position by position through the nfl free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 nfl draft